Welcome to Solution Focus Possibilities Podcast. We want to help you have more productive conversations in whatever area of work or life you find yourselves in. What better way to do that than to invite you into our own conversations as we discuss our solution focused practice, our different experiences and findings. We hope you find this helpful, useful and inspiring. Welcome to our podcast. I think the topic should be, um, you know, what does a solution-focused bedtime look like? And I think Greg should probably lead it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. What's it like living with the uh, with the dad who uses solution-focused approach? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's just ask Pearl. Let's get Pearl on here and see. Do you yeah. ever try that at bedtime? Is there any like, oh. is there any solution-focused methods you can use to get your children to sleep? No. I'd love to. I'd love to know them. No, because with with solution focused, it's about what they hope to achieve, and I think my hopes are very different from their hopes. <laughs> <laughs> and asking what difference it doesn't doesn't help with that one. <laughs> no, but if I asked you what difference it'd make, it would be significant. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know that we would we would converge if you asked both of us. No. All right. Well, perhaps we won't do that. I get. When was the last time? we had a podcast that went out a podcast has gone out quite recently uh but the last time that we all had a chat together on a podcast was quite a while ago wasn't it because we had Mm -hmm. harvey on with you guys Mm -hmm. last time the time before that we had sarah without you greg Mm -hmm. so this is the first time in probably two or three months that we've all been together yeah is that yeah, yeah which is mad really so i, I wonder what's if happened any, if any of our, our <laughs> listeners noticed really <laughs> yeah Ooh. yeah we're actually talking about our listeners we've had a pretty significant um number that we've hit this week haven't we we've had a thousand downloads a thousand Amazing. on our podcast Ooh. yes thank you all yes. very much for downloading and hopefully you're enjoying them yeah. It's, it's actually really important because Greg was genuinely worried that was. it was only his mum listening to them. So I was. I was genuinely concerned. She yeah, follows well, everything on Facebook and like, you know, shares it with everyone she knows, which is wonderful and amazingly mm. supportive. But you know, I think a thousand you can kind of move beyond that bit and kind of think, yeah. okay, there are other people out there. Yeah. How many cousins do you have? <laughs> a lot. <laughs> I do have a lot of cousins. <laughs> Maybe your mum has superpowers, which would which would explain many of your traits, Greg. She does. She does. Some of them are good used for good, and some are mm. used for you know other purposes. Mm. Yeah. Well, it'd be lovely yeah, to hear um, from some of our listeners because we um, know some of them, particularly one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one more. It would be lovely to hear uh, from people we don't know. So if you've got, I don't know, a suggestion for a guest, or you'd like to be a guest. We'd, we'd love it. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And actually, one of the things we really want to do is to to say thank you to everyone that's downloaded. We are going to give away a copy of our book to the first or the next five people that leave a review on our podcast. So if you'd like to do that, 
that'd be great you might also need to message us separately to say you've done it so we have your address uh and stuff to be able to send it to you uh because we don't want you to put that on the uh your address <laughs> yeah on apple podcasts <laughs> for everyone to see so um yeah that'd be really good so the first five people that leave us a review once this goes out uh drop us a message as well and we'll get that sorted I've, I've got two questions around that jamie yeah number one um how how do they leave us a message with the address mm-hmm. and then number two does it have to be a good review or a bad or like a bad reviews allowed? Like if, if they leave us a terrible review, are we still mm. going to give them a book? Yeah, but we, we won't tell you what we've written in, in the book <laughs> oh. <laughs> in, mark, in markers all over it. Um, no, you leave us any review. I don't think legally I'm allowed to say like you have to leave us a very good review in return for a book. <laughs> so I think, you know, we say leave us a review and we, we hope but that would be a nice one. Yeah. A review <laughs> that no pressure, like, guys. Uh, people that are to come working with us would benefit from. Mm-hmm. There mm-hmm. we go. Yeah, and to and to message us, um, the best way of doing it would be on social media. So uh, if you follow us on social media, then just drop us a message, a private message on there. Uh, yeah, if you don't, just search for Solution Focused Possibilities on Facebook, uh, Twitter, and Instagram. And we're on there. So that, that'd be a good way to do it. Yeah. So yeah. Sorry, Beaver. And LinkedIn. And LinkedIn. <laughs> and LinkedIn. Yeah. Either of those would be great. When are we going to start our TikTok channel? Mm. Yeah. Ben, you'll you make a first recording. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think this one's for you, Ben. Maybe. That's that's uh, one commitment, public commitment to say that when we get together in Broxbourne soon, we make a video and we start tiktok channel we launch our tiktok channel okay so <laughs> our listeners are up for it let us know as well i'm i'm, I'm scared i'm not gonna lie i'm a little bit scared <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway seeing uh, as we haven't seen each other for ages what give us a bit of an overview of all the things that have been going on i know uh, there's been a, a webinar which was really successful um and then also today, something's happened as well. The first one of many. So, yeah, do you want to just tell everyone what's been going on? Yeah, I mean, the the webinar we did, I'll, I'll chip in with that and then let these guys talk about today. But, um, yeah, we, we did a webinar on, on really how to sort of keep going with the solution-focused um, you know, process when things get tough, when sessions get tough. And... Um, it was interesting because because Greg and I both sort of presented a piece of work where, you know, we'd had a, a couple of hurdles to overcome and, you know, had had to work a little bit to um, to earn our corn, to earn our money. And then uh, and then Bieber follows up with this session that I think left everybody traumatised. It was like, mm. wow, how on earth did she keep going through that? Seriously hard work um, and just a real great example of of persistence and perseverance um you know sticking with the solution focus process and and maintaining that um yeah that insistence on you know we're we're looking for something to work towards here i'm not going to get drawn into problem talk but Mm -hmm. what's the desired outcome that you're looking for what's the hopes that that you want to achieve um so yeah Mm -hmm. it was brilliant and um 
it was it was great to you know witness some of each other's work we always learn from each other uh, i think we had um you know over 40 odd people join us for that which was which was good fun and um mm. yeah i'm sure we will i'm sure we will do more webinars in the future we enjoy them and people seem to uh, appreciate it um yeah. however we have got um you know quite a lot going on at the moment um as per you know the thing that started today which i'll, I'll let these guys explain about Viva takes a drink of water you had to, you had to say it right when she took a drink of water <laughs> no we st- you want to go ahead Viva? go for it go for it i'm i'm getting ready <laughs> okay that's not water excuse me (laughs) yes no so today was the the first kind of teaching day as part of our simply sfp course so Mm -hmm. we are yeah it it feels like it's been ages since we've gotten together to actually deliver training together we've done bits and pieces kind of yeah but not like full-on proper training for a little while so it's been it's nice to do Mm -hmm. yeah so it's yeah it's a full-on 12-week course everybody's probably heard quite a lot about it um, in terms of what we were sending out before. Um, yeah, absolutely fantastic group of practitioners. And yeah, going through kind of the the UK SFP accreditation criteria and kind of what that looks like. And yeah, I think it was interesting discussion. And one of the comments towards the end was about how flexible, how, I think it was how flexible the approach is and how, how much you can kind of, even though there's a structure, there's a lot you could do within that structure mm-hmm. and yeah i don't know i could talk loads about the, the course but mm-hmm. yeah i'll hand over to Biba. yeah it's lovely isn't it when you plan a course and the three of us as trainers we've been we've been through this many times uh and this time somehow we planned it differently mm. maybe with less preparation maybe with less agenda as in uh, what we wanted to cover in how much time. Um, so over 12 weeks that this course is taking place, we have a mixture of individual coaching course, uh, group trainings, um, then again, individual coaching course. And it allowed us to really get to know everyone on the course, which probably eased us as in terms of what we, that we're in this together and we want to serve people where they're at. And it's always just so fascinating, isn't it? When you start a new group, when you see with how much skill, how many skills, how much passion, uh, how much drive for learning people come from uh, all sorts of age groups, all sorts of uh, backgrounds, all sorts of hopes where they want, uh, what they want to get from the training. And interesting what you picked, uh, picked up on, Greg, as in what were the comments at the end. I picked up on something different than let's see if Jamie asks about it and let's see if the discussion goes further towards that. Um, So off to a really good start with uh, very little preparation, but being very deliberate about what we wanted to cover, which is unusual for us. Mm. Well, I was going to say, you said about kind of going with not, uh, not a big agenda. I guess this is interesting to me to see that, you know, the solution focused approach and you correct me if I'm wrong, it feels like it's pretty agendaless in general, right? You don't go into a session with like a really tight framework of this is where I want this to go. This is, you know, you, you're pretty open to that kind of the movement and flexibility, like you said, Greg. 
Mm. Is that therefore really difficult for you guys to plan a course? Because are, are you by nature quite not very planny when it comes to this type of stuff? Is it about? Is, is that quite against your nature? Go on, go on, Ben. Go on. Go on, Ben. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> this is yours. <laughs> uh, well, that depends who you ask. Um, <laughs> I think I think I think we're a good influence on each other, but our natural tendencies are, um, you know, you, you're more more likely to find Greg and I planning something to the nth degree. Um, and then realizing when we actually deliver it <clears throat> that it goes off in a different tangent anyway, or we run out of time mm. or something. Um, Beaver's very good at sort of uh, rocking up and then sort of you know speaking with the group and be like, so you know what is it that uh, is highest on your guys' minds, and then, and then just running with it, um, which I guess is very similar to how we would work with a client in a session one to one you know mm. being led by them um so yes yeah, so we find it you know we're, we're a good balance between us and we know that people out there have different learning styles so you know some people love um you know breakout room type sort of practice uh, and would happily do that all day every day um for other people they like you know some more sort of information giving and they like a bit more structure and follow along so um, yeah, we you know we mm-hmm. try and find a, a good balance with it. Um, yeah, and I, and I guess that's that's where our thinking around intentions comes in, which I think we've spoken about before. People might have come across it in our work before, but um, we try and say to people that like the intentions behind our questions and the intentions behind what we're doing is more important than the actual questions themselves. So like, don't get too caught up on the exact wording, the exact questions, but think more about mm-hmm. what is the intention behind what you're trying to do? What, what is it that you're actually inviting the client to consider? And as long as the intention is there, then the exact questions you use don't matter so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you balance that mm-hmm. with people's, you know, a lot of people saying, well, actually, at least to get started, you know, having some sort of framework and, some questions to try out is really helpful. So, um, you know, we try, we try and strike that balance. Mm. Yeah. I think that is so, so tricky because I don't know, I can only speak to, I suppose when I first learned it, but it was like, you learn it in a certain way and it's kind of done in a, in a straight line. It's a very linear, maybe start here, then next to this, then this, then this. And then for me, I, I think I tried to do it very much that way for a very long time until I felt comfortable with kind of the questions and everything else. And then mm. I think after a while, you kind of realize some probably faster than, than I would realize, you know, when someone says, when you're asking about best hopes and you start to ask about preferred future, but somebody says, yeah, but I want it to be like it was, you know, this past weekend, it's totally okay to then start asking questions about this past weekend. As long as you know, as Ben mm-hmm. said, you know, that's, that's your intention that you're intentionally following up with with that instance of success as opposed to going into the past thinking it's preferred future if that makes any sense to people um but yeah it's not saying kind of either is right or wrong you'll you'll probably do a bit of both in a session but the challenge is you kind of have to teach you have to have a sequence to teach things Mm -hmm. (laughs) but that sequence might be very different when you're talking with someone i agree with that totally that's teaching uh solution focused approach is 
in many ways similar, but in other ways it's completely different because um, say for instance, when we were planning this course, we needed to somehow get the message across as in why this course is a good fit for someone so that people could decide whether this is something, what they want to do, what they could benefit from or not. So we had to um, tell people what we're going to do. And that, so we <laughs> had to plan in advance in, in some ways. And that doesn't really fit well with either of us, I don't think, as in how can you know until you know who is in the group. But on, 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 yeah. <laughs> on the other hand, um, same with, say, university course. You need to tell students what they're likely to get as outcomes and what they can expect, how many people, how... Uh, when to come where what to do and such um so we are, we're hoping that eventually given that we are we have been together for a while that our names not as in particular names but the way that we teach is going to come across as in oh okay if you if that particular way of working uh, training highly practical and so forth fits with you those are the guys where mm. you are going to get a training like that um mm. but yeah so hopefully we'll get there um, where maybe people's feedback is going to speak for how we do things rather than agenda on the paper, which um, uh, is, is difficult to deliver in exactly the way that somebody else has planned. I mean, having this experience from European programs where I work as a trainer, where we have to deliver um, learning outcomes in the even with the methods that we are being prescribed. And then you get a group and you ask them, is that something you want to do? And People say no, and then <laughs> you've got to uh, yeah. Yeah, work your way to um, find um, a little balance between telling your own subjective novel onto an objective theme. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Speaking about kind of the, the way you, you do things, is it different doing this online, do you think? Because this is the first, obviously you've done kind of the webinar stuff and you've done the odd, odd occasion where we've done stuff online. But am I right in thinking this is the first long-term kind of online interactive live uh, training that you guys have done and does that feel quite different to you than doing it face-to-face -face? Or, or, or are there things you need to do differently as trainers now yeah i would say it's definitely different because there's that bit like it's gonna sound really silly but i don't know what kind of biscuits people like and that's always such an important part of training is figuring out what kind of biscuits do people like and do they want during the breaks, <laughs> which I don't have to worry about now, which yeah. kind of feels okay. But it's also like, I don't know, you kind of, you lose that bit beforehand where you just get to like chat with people and get to know them a little bit. And yeah. then, you know, I think the, I don't know, the teaching side of it seems to be very similar because I don't know, you're, you're still giving information. You're asking people to kind of have those conversations and breakout rooms and, and practice and watch things so almost from a i don't know from a technology side it might be a little bit easier because mm -hmm. everybody's screen is right there um but yeah you you lose out on all the stuff in between at the breaks and stuff i think for me i don't know what you yeah. guys think but. yeah i think given that we've been into this for a year and more uh that online trainings offer such extensive possibilities for people who have been previously maybe excluded um, so accessibility mm. issues maybe uh, and they just the the fact that people have more choices as in what they let others see uh, how 
and then the comfort of commuting what you're wearing what you've just eaten uh, same same things that we are maybe discovering with working with our clients that there's an extra layer of comfort maybe um, which is which has huge potential and maybe we don't agree the three of us as in duration of the trainings and such but um, but what I think is that pretty much the if if you structure variety of methods even eight hours on zoom can work really well mm, so it I mean being a bit hesitant of uh, when people say you can't have people for eight hours on a Zoom, uh, sure you can. And, and it can be really effective. But yeah, you can't talk for eight hours. Everyone's going to kill you. But <laughs> you have the advantage that they're not going to be able to reach you. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, I really like it. Mm. How long are, we, are the sessions, each one? Four hours. Four one hours. to five. Okay. Yeah, eight hours seems long to me, but I've never done it, so it's just in my head. Um, yeah, I mean, from a from a sort of trainer's perspective, I uh, I do sometimes um, find it maybe trickier to sort of read how someone's reacting to something or or what mm. some you know what someone's sort of thinking. Um, you know, there was an example. <clears throat> there was one one of our training participants today who um, I noticed sort of near near the end was. Um, was really sort of like roll, rolling their head back and sort of slumped shoulders and aside. And I was sort of looking at it and, and in my head, I was thinking, are they really hating like this training? Do they just think this is awful? Um, are they completely off put by it? And then actually when we um, sort of made the space for some comments and so what are people making of this so far? Actually, the comments that came from that, training participant was first of all they said this is so hard so it was like so it wasn't like i'm hating what you're doing it was i'm sort of overwhelmed i'm just getting realizing that maybe this is trickier to do than i thought it was and um and then also there was a follow-up comment around um like i'm having to unlearn so much stuff like there's there's so much stuff from my previous experience and training that just doesn't fit with this at all and that I'm just going to have to like let go and and unlearn um and I think they were just sort of coming to terms with that that reality um if you know if you're I think Greg phrased it nicely he sort of said it's it's not that some of those other other methods aren't useful it's just that maybe when you go into them, you are you're stepping into a different space. You're stepping outside of solution-focused practice and into something else. Um, so yeah, so I think this trader participant was just coming to that realization of like, well, if I if I really want to stay true to solution-focused practice, I'm going to have to learn to let go of a lot of other stuff, um, mm. you know, that I've I've been taught and I've been carrying with me. So um, yeah, I think. I think it's interesting from that perspective. So are these all participants, all the participants, people from different kind of practices, different approaches, or are these so some of these people already doing the solution focused stuff? I think or some a bit of a mix. I think it's a bit of a mix. I think most have had some initial training, if not all of them really. I think all of them have had some initial sort of foundation level stuff. Um but I would say there's a lot because <clears throat> there's a couple of people I think from 
that have trained in other areas and, you know, and we've been around in fields for years and years and others that are kind of just newer to it as well. So they don't have all of that other stuff. So it's, a, I think it's a wide, wide range, right? Wide mix of people, which is okay. good because everybody brings a little bit something different, which is nice. I, th- I mean, I think it's worth saying that they're, you know, as Greg said, they're all people who have at least done a little bit of introductory training already. So we're talking about people who have had a taste of solution focused and gone, yeah, I like that. Like, I like that enough to sign up to a big 12 week course. Mm-hmm. And yet, even though they're like, you know, they're in the boat with us, they're invested, they're like, yeah, this is an approach that I see value in they're still experiencing those things of this is really hard and wow, I have to let go of so much other stuff to be able to take, mm. you know, take this on board properly. So, mm. um, you know, it's interesting, even, you know, even for people who identify solution focused as a good fit for them, you know, there's still these sort of hurdles to get over, I think. Yeah. I mean, I know we've kind of briefly kind of talked about this um, on the podcast before, very loosely but is kind of part of what you're saying to these people is that they need to drop the stuff that they're doing and move all over to the solution focused approach like is that is that the kind of hidden message in this that this is a new way of doing this is much better or are you kind of trying to help them incorporate some of this stuff into their current work it's a very loaded question and i'm probably sure i said that the last time you brought this up jamie (laughs) I can't actually remember if we have explicitly <laughs> talked about it on the podcast. I think we might have mentioned it briefly somewhere, but mm. um, I'm just wondering if they're coming in, if people are coming into this training, are they expected when they leave to kind of just have dropped everything that they've done previously? Um, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't dare tell people how they should be practicing. I think, I think for me, it's a bit of saying, if you want to be sticking with, a solution focused approach. There's a part of like, these are the things we do do. And then there's the things that we don't do as part of the, the approach. And I think if you want to do the things we don't do, then you might be trying to mix in SF questions, but it's probably not going to be a full on solution focused intervention that would work in my view as well. If you were sticking with, I suppose it's like anything. If you're going to do something, stick with with that. I'm not a huge fan of mixing different mm-hmm. things. I think because of <clears throat> mainly because of the the ethos and the assumptions that come with the SF approach. Because yeah, you can't kind of on one hand trust someone that they're the expert on their life, and then if they're not sure what's happening or what's going on, then change tack and say, "Well, actually, I can tell you why you're doing that. Mm. It's probably because." Of this this and this that has happened to you previously which you know has probably has some bearing but it just it's a completely different message i think to send someone mm-hmm. so it just yeah i think it's just about being consistent and clear for me it's not something i'd up when i could get my head around doing it but that's probably just my limited brain really <laughs> i don't know what you guys think I think it links with uh, how we view our clients uh, and it comes back to the agenda that you were mentioning earlier, Jamie, that um, having no agenda is really difficult uh, as in, so what, what are we doing? What are we aiming at? And if our, if we were on a mission, say transforming people's practices and transforming our clients' lives, 
we'd be probably doomed to failure because mm. uh, we, we would have an idea of what that would look like. Um, and then when people maybe for whatever reason are not in the same place or don't want to do it, or then you have, you introduce those not useful concepts like resistance, misunderstandings. Um, yeah, and you just get frustrated. So instead, what we, what we do instead is trust that people have good reasons for attending our trainings. And then we do our best to show why we think this is a good fit show examples, uh, particularly examples where it worked really well, uh, and then leave people with the choice what they do with it. Mm. And it's interesting. We know so many of our colleagues who have gone on one training and got infected. <laughs> this is a word to use in given current situation. <laughs> that is just once you see once you see it, and it's not like it has to be that way, but for many people, you can't really return back to how you were thinking before and then it's a matter of time where uh, and, and experiments what you do with it and uh, the beauty of solution focus approach is that it's not set in stone it's constantly evolving so who knows all of yeah. our participants can be potentially the new um, leaders in the field who are going to take the approach to a level that we are not even dreaming about mm-hmm. that's really cool yeah and so for people I, I don't want to spend i guess we don't want to spend loads and loads of time talking about a course that people can't actually go on right now um <laughs> but you did say Beaver, that there was someone at the end who said something who said they had a comment for you at the end which surprised you or something yeah which is what you picked on uh, as well jamie it was the comment uh and what ben said that this is hard and i was right. just wondering as you as you brought it up um do we think it is it isn't <laughs> i mean like just to be uh, maybe because we are practicing it so regularly and um it may appear like we find it not being hard i personally i still find it really really hard <laughs> i don't know what do you guys think yes is the answer to that i think for mm-hmm. me it's that word like it's the discipline that comes in because it you can explain it so simply, I think, to people, or at least to, to a certain level, to a certain degree, you can explain it in, a, in very simple terms. But it's that bit of, like, I suppose, like you said, with the agenda, I do have an agenda. I ask one question and then I have to respond. <laughs> I have to respond to the rest. Like, yeah, my agenda is that first question, really. And I think that's, that's the bit that's hard and takes that discipline and that focus and you know, it's, it's those things we do. I think we take for granted in normal conversations where we, you hear something and you just ask another question or mm. shift it into another topic or, you know, all of those things that we do, but we have to do it very intentionally with every, every response, which, yeah, I think takes a lot of hard work. So would you say that, would you say that the solution focus approach is unnatural as in it doesn't, kind of flow the way you normally have conversations or or do you say the opposite define natural first jamie (laughs) (laughs) i'm just i'm interested by that greg that it kind of feels like it might might go against the grain of the way that typical conversations would go um i don't know if it goes against the grain as such it it, i suppose it depends on who you talk to because there are people that come on our trainings and they just say 
well, this is, this is how I live my life. Like, this is how I, how I do yeah. things, but I never had the structure to, mm-hmm. to put to it and to kind of, you know, the language to describe it. Um, I think it, it, it's, yeah, it's not the most natural thing. There are some things that, I mean, you, I hear people say, oh, that, you know, I didn't even realize you were, you were doing it to me. I just felt like we were having a conversation and talking about things. And then, but then there are certain questions that, that stand out. Mm-hmm. So I think when you, when you say, what difference would that make to you five times, then they start to think maybe you're doing something to me here. Or when we start to ask those like really specific interactional questions, like, okay, so, you know, how did, when that went well, like, what was it you did? And then how did that person respond that told you it was going well? And then how did you respond to them doing that? Like, that's when people are a bit like, why are you asking me all this? Unless you're in, unless you're in it, and then people are kind of really thinking about it. But I think that's where it, it stands out a bit more to people. Ask Ben's girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> she yeah. knows. She there, Ben? Get her on. Oh no, she just moaned about me completely. All the times I tried to get solution focused questions into our conversation. So yeah, that's that's just an ongoing game. Whether I can camouflage and sneak in solution focused conversations into our own day to day which is yeah. a very sad thing to admit but there you go. it's a <laughs> way of trying to make uh make solution focus more natural but, um, yeah. yeah i think I it's get... um uh yeah is, is it hard it's not hard in terms of complexity um but it is hard in terms of effort i would say it's, it's draining to pay that much attention and focus to what someone's exact words what they're saying and and stay disciplined with it. I would say that's my experience. It's not hard in terms of complexity, but it is in terms of effort. Um, and I also think sometimes we yeah. forget, you know, just how counterintuitive, different, unusual it can be to start with. And, um, you know, we do have to allow people who are learning and who are keen to learn, you do have to, to allow that bit of time of really getting your head around um, you know, because I can think back to when I first trained, there was definitely a period where I was thinking, what on earth is this? And like, does it really work? This all seems too good to be true. Um, and it was only, you know, when I started to get results with clients that I was like, okay, there's something in this, you know, it's mm. worth, worth sticking with. So. Yeah. so when you're with, when you guys are with clients, do you feel like it comes quite naturally to you now individually or are you still having to really consciously like fight against the, perhaps the, the desire to kind of get stuck into the problem or ask different types of questions? Is it something you have to really, really be disciplined on still now, or is it something that is now pretty coming quite naturally to you? I think the, the discipline still has to be there because all it takes is, I don't know, a, a moment, for you to like hear your phone vibrate or something and drift your attention somewhere else. And then you completely miss, or even if you're thinking about the next question and you miss what someone says, mm-hmm. then you, you potentially miss an opportunity or you have to kind of say, you know, ask them to repeat it. Or I think there was, you know, the odd time where you can maybe get away with and what else, you know, mm-hmm. and then that might, that might cover your tracks for a minute, but if you're not paying attention, then you're not going to be able to, to do that so i think staying that focused is, is still hard i think now it's 
it's easier to think of different questions to ask next. I think at least for me anyway, with early going, I, I maybe had that one question to, to ask next. And if, if it went well, I could ask it. And if it didn't, I had to, I had to think, crap, what am I going to do now? Yeah. Um, but now I usually have, yeah, I feel comfortable enough to kind of take it any which way with any sort of question, wherever it might seem like it's going to be most useful. Mm-hmm. So that's easier, but it's still hard to stay focused as Ben said and listen to word for word what people are saying. Mm-hmm. You know, I really admire Ben's efforts towards uh, trying to squeeze a solution focused question in and make his girlfriend not notice uh, as as if it came natural um, to just pick a moment and ask a solution focused question. I don't know, Ben, how you how you do it. I when I, when I work, um, I'm very deliberate. Okay, this is a this is a, a structured conversation, and in in that case, it's the same as with Greg. So questions maybe do come uh, quicker because just because of practice, I suppose. But when I see, say, four, five, six clients a day, I'm so dead at the end of the day. And mm. if a friend rang me and says, do you mind asking me one of the, those questions of yours? I'd, I'd decline because I can't mm. do it anymore. I, I'm not um, a, pers- a solution-focused person. I'm Bieber. <laughs> and you know, sometimes at the end of the day, I would want to complain and want to do things that, in, that with clients you'd never do. And... Uh, just yeah things that friends family do and this has nothing to do with professional life (laughs) Uh, but in a professional conversation it's just somehow switches off and you put your um solution focus hat on and you don't do things that you would intuitively say do with your friends Mm -hmm. so that's interesting to me because i guess one of the things we've always said is that uh, sf is quite light on the clinician um when perhaps compared to some other stuff, but it actually sounds like there's an awful lot of mental energy taken up to try to keep it simple. Like, um, I guess it might just be a different type of energy. I don't know, but do you generally feel pretty exhausted after? I think this is with any professional is the mental energy, as you were saying, it's the, the focus, the attention, the dedication to the client in that particular time and space Mm-hmm. Uh, or maybe I'm just in a very poor mental shape. I, uh, <laughs> shape, I don't know. Um, so yeah, being hard, it's like, it's like, I don't know, if you are physically really gifted for, say, classical ballet, some of the things are going to be easy for you to do, but the drill of the training is still going to be exhausting physically. So it's not going to be mm. hard on you, uh, but it's still going to take a toll as in being physically tired. <laughs> yeah, it is yeah. a difference then that, with SF, you don't take it home in the same way you do perhaps with other approaches. So that's where it's, you kind of make up for it in a way. Is that fair to say? Yeah. It's the balance, it's the sort of balance of responsibility, I think. So, um, you know, in solution focus work, you, the, the practitioner leaves a session, you know, with a, with a sort of clean break, if you like, um, you know, everything that's been discussed in the session is, from the view and the perspective that the client is the expert on their own lives, as we've said many times, and um, you know, has the, the capacity and the resources to make the changes that they want. And everything is phrased in a way that um, you know, puts the control and the onus and the sort of accountability for their own lives on them. 
Mm-hmm. And um, so, so it's very demanding during the session in terms of the effort and the focus. But yeah, I think there is a cleaner break once, once the session ends compared to other, other approaches. Um, and also we're not at risk because we're not um, analyzing and because we're not um, offering like um, our own solutions and you know, providing the, uh, trying to provide the answers for people then we're not in the, in that same risk of it going wrong and then clients turning around to us and saying, well, you told me X, Y, and Z and it hasn't worked. So what's mm. going on there, you know? So, um, yeah, I, I think it's very, very demanding during the sessions themselves, but then is uh, lighter in terms of the overall picture of what you take away from it. Mm. Um, I mean, you, you saw the session of Bieber's from that webinar we mentioned, Jamie, and... Uh, yeah. I mean, just watching it, I felt like I needed to go and, you know, sleep for a week um, yeah. just from having Me observed too. it. Me too. Yeah. Well, I mean, my my curveball question was, well, I was just thinking then, and I'm now thinking about that that client as well that, that we saw of Bieber's. Um, we're talking about it being potentially easier on clinicians long-term. Is, do you think the approach is harder on the person you're seeing than others um or is sf lighter on the client too i don't know if that question makes sense but i just it does um is it more of a difficult process for them because i'm thinking of that of that lady that Bieber was working with that looked really hard for everyone involved um like would it have been easier for her just to kind of perhaps less successful but would it have been easier for her to do like a classic just let her talking about her problems rather than have to do something which is clearly much more difficult i think it's it's a weird thing because i think i think it is we make people work mm. like there's no no doubt about that i think mm. i remember don't remember when you said it but it was ages ago now but one of the things ben used to say was he, he didn't feel like he'd had a really good session until he'd kind of stumped someone with a question and they said i don't know mm. so it's that idea of if, if people are just reeling off answers like they've already thought about these things. They've already taught, like said these things to somebody, then potentially we're not making them work hard enough. Yeah. Like you want to keep asking those really detailed questions until they almost get to that point of like needing to stop for a moment and thinking about something a bit different. Mm. And I think that can still be really useful and potentially even enjoyable because you, you know we often get feedback where it's like, you know, I haven't thought about that in, in years or, you know, I, I never really thought about looking at it like that kind of thing. And, you know, people are, you know, it, it makes a difference and they seem happier and more uplifted having thought about those things and described those things and they're described their part in making that happen. Hmm. But they still, yeah, they still had to work <laughs> to, to do it and to think about it. So I think it's still tiring for people. And yet at the same time, uplifting yeah that that's important thing to distinguish isn't it hard work with difficulty uh well it depends how people understand this really Mm, what and it's funny jamie as soon as you asked that question i had a memory flashing through my uh, brain which was associated with years back when um for some reason i needed to check on a specific professional for the 
clients I was working with then. And I remember stepping in their um, office. First thing I saw was a box of tissues. And this instantly triggered an association. This is a place when, where I'm likely to cry. Mm. Uh, and this then triggered association. Okay, this is a place where I'm going to be asked painful questions. And this then triggered, uh, do I really want to do this? So this is the type of maybe difficulty that I associate your question with, uh, as in, uh, does the process have to be painful to get to a good outcome? And to this solution focused would definitely say no. Uh, well, it's, it doesn't have to be painful, uh, but what it will be, it, it will be hard work. Because yeah, the clients and practitioners, they work together towards an outcome that's defined by the client. And I don't know if I saw a person asking me, so what are you hoping to get from here? I would probably struggle with finding an answer um, as in, uh, I, have no, I have no idea. I'll probably tell you about my problem. I mean, isn't, isn't that why I'm here? Mm -hmm. And then if they kept asking me, so yeah, okay. So how would you know that you talked in a way that was useful? I'd again need to work really hard, but the likelihood of leaving this conversation um, uplifted, like Greg said, is probably way bigger than having cried for half an hour over things that are painful and that happened and that I'd rather not anyone uh, know about. I don't know. I'm making it black and white deliberately mm. uh, and <laughs> hoping that makes sense. I remember, um, you know, Harvey, who was on our last, last podcast with us and who, who was, you know, trained all three of us at, at some point. Um, I remember that he used to use the word work in his initial best hopes question. So he, he would always ask people, what are your best hopes from our work together? And I remember someone in the group asking him about that and saying, you know, what the other guys don't say that. Why do you always say work? And he just bluntly said, well, because they're here to work, <laughs> you know, and you know, this idea of it is hard work. Mm. And, I, and I think of, um, I know this is, this is good. Oh, shock horror. This is going slightly outside of solution focus, but um, to talk about another model for a moment, um, there's something called the drama triangle, which I imagine a lot of people are aware of. Um, and it talks, it's a way of viewing you know, all sorts of relationships and uh, including sort of client practitioner ones. Uh, and it talks about three roles, a, a victim, a persecutor, a rescuer. Um, but the victim, I was just thinking about the victim role, uh, which is defined by someone who avoids responsibility um, through their sort of sense of inferiority and, and worthlessness. Um, so comments like, um, I can't do this on my own, and yeah, sort of poor me attitude. And the model kind of recommends that in ideally, you know, people would move from a victim position to what they call a, like a survivor thriver position, which is, um, which is a position of saying, what can I do? What can I control? What are the little bits that I can take responsibility for? Yeah. It may only be small, but what are the little bits that I can take responsibility for? Um, and I think, you know, solution focused is, um, you know, not apologetic about um, making people work hard, uh, but I think it is an approach that, you know, by its very nature, empowers people and leads them more to a survivor-thriver position of, you know, getting to grips with what are the parts that you can do? 
what are the ways that you can take responsibility and move forward um you know as opposed to a model that's gonna um, be more of a rescuer approach of sort of sweeping and in saying let us try and fix you um let us do it for you you know um so yeah so it is it is hard work for clients unapologetically so um but i think it is one that empowers them and you know encourages them to view themselves as capable and to you know take responsibility where they can and uh, you know take control of their lives where they can yeah that's nice ben i don't remember there was something i forget who said it you guys have to tell me if you've you've heard this before um but somebody said kind of if you don't stick with it and make them do that work you're kind of robbing them of those those answers and that thinking mm-hmm. that could lead to those changes so you know when you think about those awkward well I, maybe i think they're awkward but whenever i feel like oh maybe i shouldn't ask that that one more what difference question and yet you still do and you, you see where that kind of leads the conversation that always helps me kind of keep going with it because i kind of think I'm, I'm kind of robbing them of of thinking more about this or you know amplifying the success a bit more like I, I need to focus more on this stuff. I need to keep making them work. Otherwise I'm, I'm just, you know, taking that opportunity away from them. Uh, in, in the professional world, there's probably more risk of, you know, that of someone being denied the opportunity or the, or the possibility of finding their own solutions of answering their own questions, because, you know, most people working in these kind of roles um are like helpers right or rescuers going back to that model that i was talking about earlier they're people who want to be helpful and you know the most obvious way of being helpful is to jump in and try and Mm -hmm. fix things for people Mm -hmm. um so you know i think you know solution focused isn't the the answer to everything but i but i think generally speaking in our kind of professional context and world like there's a bit of an imbalance i've spoken this before about sort of language in schools and that sort of thing um but i i just think people aren't given enough time and space and opportunity to have the possibility of exploring and finding their own solutions answering their own questions Mm -hmm. and you know solution focused is a a part of trying to address that imbalance i think um of driving trying to even that out we we mentioned in a previous podcast we mentioned the book around solution focused and autism they talk about the exact same thing and they say you know far far too often people just assume you know solution focused is way too abstract for someone with autism they're not going to be able to answer that and yet if you give people the opportunity you give them the chance Mm -hmm actually you know some of the time it leads to really helpful incredible conversations so it is about giving giving people that possibility and and allowing them um to work hard i guess Mm, yep well you've worked very hard on this podcast so far today (laughs) i'm just conscious of the time um but before i wondered whether we could just quickly talk about something we have never spoken about on this podcast so far. Um, because we've talked today about you guys offering training, but also then we've gone on to you guys actually offering support to people and your actual clinical work. 
which, which we've never really spoke about on here is in that's something that SFP do offer as well. Um, and we don't know who's listening to this. It might be people, you know, lots of professionals doing some training stuff, but um, equally it could be someone who isn't working in this world at all, but is perhaps struggling and could do with some help or might want some support. So do you guys just want to explain a little bit about how, how that works and about if there is anyone that sounds like this approach would be really helpful and they're like, well, what do I do to actually get some, to get talking to these guys? On, on like a, a session basis. Yeah, I think, um, you know, pe- people who are interested in um, some, some sessions with us, the easiest way of getting in, t- in touch is through our email address. So info at sfpossibilities.org. Mm. Um, I mean, you kind of mentioned about who, you know, who's listening to this, maybe it's, you know, trainers or practitioners or whoever. Um, I think that message applies to everyone. Um, you know, cer- certainly for me personally, you know, when I, when I go through, um, you know, challenges in life, um, I will from time to time ask for some solution focused sessions, you know, with mm-hmm. someone that, you know, I trust and recommend. Um, so I think it's also about, val- you know, a valuable message to, um, you know, practitioners and even trainers and stuff out there as well. Um, you know, I think it's great that we can support each other. And um, you know, we we have done that in the past, and, and we'd love to do that for people as well. So, um, you know, whoever is out there listening, if you're thinking, you know, what one or two conversation, you know, solution focused conversations could be good for me as well, mm-hmm. um, we'd love to hear from you. And uh, best way of doing that is info at sfpossibilities.org. Excellent. And is it a bit like a, uh, a hairdresser's where you can like pick the person you want to see? <laughs> <laughs> of course of course it's like i want greg i want greg <laughs> yeah Absolutely. and we've been trying to be accessible and obviously face-to-face has not been possible and probably won't be for a while but we have been experimenting with texting um sessions which have been really really well received um mm. so if that's people's preferred channel We'd be very happy to um, accommodate however people want to contact. Um, yeah. However, be prepared. If someone signs up for a session with us, they're going to have to work hard. Yes. Nice. <laughs> yes. And so will we. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks, guys. It's really good to, uh, to catch up. And thanks, everyone, for listening to another episode. Uh, don't forget the book giveaway as well, which we kind of referenced at the beginning. So, yeah. Uh, yeah leave us a review drop us a message on social media and we'll see you again next time for a, another guest appearance on our podcast mm, yeah um, who's that Ben well, Mark McCurgo joining us who um, has just released a new book um, and one of one of our client sessions is featured in it um, so we'll be we'll be quizzing him about that and uh, yeah I think there's a few funny funny stories to uh to share around that as well brilliant i can't ignore greg's message i know thanks for that greg greg's no just worries. message saying it's dr mark McCurdy. well so. it, it is you know yeah. he's, he's worked hard to get there so you hey guys. why don't you guys ever call me doctor i'll give it yeah <laughs> you started something now greg i know well see i think last time we tried to call her dr b but she told us to stop doing it
but that's just oh, me. But, but, okay. <laughs> maybe, maybe. I'm just throwing that out there. Yeah. All right. Well, on that note, sorry, Dr. Mark. And uh, Legend. He's a legend. This is yeah, going to yeah. be epic. Cool. All right. Well, thanks again, everyone. And we'll see you next time. Cheers, everybody. Take care. Bye. 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 Once again, thanks for listening to another episode of our podcast. As always, we'd love to hear from you. So if you've got any comments or any questions or any topics you'd like us to talk about, then feel free to get in touch. You can do that in lots of different ways by searching for us on social media. Or if you'd like to go to a website, you can find us at www.sfpossibilities.org.